You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. In a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Mel Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. On this edition, we will be pitting Avenged Sevenfold's controversial and divisive 2013 stripped-back-approached release, Hail to the King, against the 2014 new lease on life after momentous loss Slipknot album, Point Five, The Great Chapter. Now hold on there, rate your music, reviewers. Hold on there. While Avenged Sevenfold is one of my all-time favourite bands, yes... There are some aspects of Hail to the King that need to be addressed, and I assure you, we will address them. And yes, I know Slipknot is one of those bands that are the banes of your existence that only ever grows with every passing release. So I'm going to warn you right now, and I'm only going to do it once. We are going to be talking positive about both of these albums. Now... Full transparency, and to be perfectly honest, in my personal view, neither of these albums are these bands' best. Yet, in getting into the meat of this battle, outside of the obvious and phenomenal big hits, both albums do offer some sleeper hits that are, in my view, do deserve a seek out. Full transparency, I'm a much bigger Avenged fan than I am a Slipknot fan, and this was my first full listen to a Slipknot album from start to finish. And I repeat, there are good songs not to sleep on. In fact, I wouldn't have known this if this battle wasn't pitched to me by our guest for this battle. Joining me is executive producer for Sin's flagship gaming show, Player One. His name is Connor Matthews, a diehard gamer, a diehard Avenge fan, and a diehard Slipknot maggot. Proof that we in the metal community share so much in common with the gaming community. Plus, to help keep Connor and myself grounded and kept from getting way over our heads, we enlisted Imran to take part in his sixth album battle here on the Great Metal Standoff and moderate our takes as a neutral figurehead since he has never explored an Avenged or Slipknot album in depth. So, here's how it's going to go. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star, which will be in play today. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, 
the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. This is Hail to the King versus Point Five: The Grey Chapter, a battle pitched to us by Player One's Connor. Let's find out why. Let's find out what we like, what we don't like, and what is a hidden gem, and which will prevail. Roll the audio. Okay, Imran, this is your sixth great metal standoff. I think the only way we can be more together is if we got married. How are you doing? Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that proposal, but yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. How, it- How are you, Jason? I'm doing okay. Does it feel good to be at number six at least? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite an accomplishment. I got to say, I I never thought I'd be six deep into these. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm glad I'm now like a regular on these podcasts. Yes, and I think this is uh, probably the first one you're about to do that's in somewhat new territory, just like unknown. Yes, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to. I feel like I'll be taking a bit of a step back this one. Luckily, we do have someone who is very passionate about both the album battle proposed here on the Great Metal Standoff, and that is uh, a collaboration with Sin's gaming program, Player One, our EP, the executive producer of 2020, Connor Matthews. How are you doing? Welcome to the standoff. I am, I am doing absolutely wonderful, Jason. Thank you for the lovely introduction. If you want a fun uh, histories lesson, is that when I started this Great Metal Standoff back in 2019, I did two collaborations with the previous EP of Player One, Stefan, for, um, uh, it was an ACDC and Motorhead and uh, the Battle of the Worst Metallica and Megadeth album. So it's good to have, you know, the rule of threes in play. Player One collaborating with the Great Metal Standoff once again. It's good to have you on board. Oh, always happy to. We, we are very happy to keep that tradition going. You know, my, my predecessor did a lot of things that I have carried over to this year, this now being one of them. How has 2020 fared for Play One this year? Um, I'm definitely going to say we've done better than a lot of other, of other shows, I'd say. We've got a membership for Player One is at an all-time high, which is great. We've got a ton of people at Player One. I'm very lucky and very grateful for that. Like, you've been going very well. Excellent. What kind of roles has your team been able to uh, entail throughout this entire year? What have they been able to get up to in the midst of this pandemic well, and all? Well, um, the great thing is I have more than two editors at one time, which is fantastic. Um, we've done a lot of uh, bonus podcasts um, coming up real soon. We're going to get around to it. Um, we're going to do a Crash 4 review, which I'll be doing since I'm the only one in the crew that's played Crash 4. Um, we've done... A bunch of stuff we did collaborations with um, Loud and Queer, another synth flagship show, which was the Animal Crossing review. Um, we did a crash trailer analysis, which is nearly at 100 downloads. So go download that and get us up to triple figures. It'd be awesome. Um, we've done a ton of um, recent game reviews. Like we did Last of Us Part 2. Um, once again, Animal Crossing back in March. Doom Eternal back in March, like we've done a lot of stuff and we've been getting a lot of articles up on the Sim website, which I've been very pleased with. We've been able to review a ton of stuff in quick succession and we've got a ton more coming. Like not even, we're not even at the end of the year. Like we're, we're so close to the end of the year, but we've still got so much more coming out. So do keep an eye on for that because it will be hitting up not only the website, but the podcast feeds as well. Fantastic. Uh, can is it is now a good time to ask what you reckon game of the year has been? Oh, 
okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very fair time. Um, from my own personal preference, um, I would go with Doom Eternal. I would legitimately go with Doom Eternal. It is, it is the perfect first-person shooter ever made, in my opinion. There are very few to little, very few to no f- major flaws in the game. Everything is so well balanced. It's a very difficult game, but that is that was to be expected. It's a much more fast. It's like a much more faster and intense game than um, the reboot from Doom 2016. So it's everything that I wanted and then some. Um, Animal Crossing is. For a lot of people, their game of the year, it's not mine. I played about 10 hours of it and just kind of gave up on it because it just, it just didn't click with me. Was the, 10 which, a- was the 10 hours in one big binge or was that across a few days? It was across a few days. I tried to give it a chance, but it just didn't hit me the way that it should. Um, it's, I'd say the final one, it's not a full-on game of the year contender, but for me, there was a lot of hype behind it. And it's a fantastic game, but um, the new Crash Bandicoot, Crash 4, it's about time. Um, it's not full game of the year potential. I think that there are a few major flaws holding it back, but it's still a fantastic game, both visually um, and gameplay-wise. The platforming's really tight. The um, character animations, the smoothness of the platforming feels fantastic. The soundtrack... It's all right. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely good. The story is fun. The new character redesigns have really grown on me a lot. And the fact that we've been able to play as characters that we've never been able to play in a mainline Crash game, i.e. Cortex and Dingo Dial. So those two were really fun additions. And actually, Torna Bandicoot as well. Those were some really good additions to the game. And it's got so much content in just a full single player game that it's definitely worth considering. Um, You know, Ghost of Tsushima is definitely up there. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales is probably up there as well for both PS5 and PS4, which um, on the day of recording this, um, tomorrow will be the PS5 launch. If you are one of the lucky ones that managed to pre-order a PS5, um, you know, when you pick it up, if you, if you clicked and collect it, uh, treat, Retail workers with nothing but respect, they are doing their jobs and they're doing a great job at it. Now, I'm not saying that because I have to deal with that tomorrow, but I'm also entirely <laughs> saying that because I have to deal with it tomorrow. I but treat your retail workers yeah. with respect. I think but especially con- Connor. Yes, I also, yes. I, think you've, I think you've actually struck a heartstring with Imran there. He seems like he related to that on a personal level. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, man. I've been there. Well, there you have it, listeners. If you think the EP of Player One, Connor, is so passionate about video games, as you just heard, just imagine what happens when we tell you that he is a massive Avenged Sevenfold fan and he is a massive Slipknot fan and he was the one who suggested this battle to us. You're in for a treat today, Connor. What made you pitch this battle to us? Well... When you when you gave me the idea to potentially start like start this particular podcast, I it took me a while to figure out exactly which two albums I would go for because I wanted to pick something that was both like it was within the same time frame, but also I don't know, somewhat contrasting. So and I kind of thought back to like my high school days 
where I first got Spotify back in 2013. And one of the first albums I actually listened to, and I had discovered these guys through Spotify, was Event Sevenfold. And the album that I listened to was Hail to the King, which for not only nostalgic reasons, but I also just believe for my own personal preference, it is my favorite Event Sevenfold album. And soon after that, Slipknot came out with um with their album. So it was like it was sort of trying to it was it was a good time, but also like I don't know, I was a fan of Slipknot before, because I was a huge fan of their first album back in like '99. Yeah, the self-titled release. Yeah, exactly. And then you had um Oh, please, please pardon my language, but one of my favorite songs of Slipknot is People Equal Sh. Like, <laughs> I love song. that song to death so much. Like, I love it. And I was so lucky enough um, in 2016 to actually go to the, um, the concert Slipknot had. They were doing a tour of Australia Ooh. back in 2016. And it, it was at Rod Labor. And I could, like, I believe it also fell on Halloween night. Oh, that's Extra spooky. Oh. Yeah, so it made like the perfect, it was the perfect setting. I remember they opened up with In Hearts Wake, which is a Australian metal band. And they came out in like the wide, wide world of sport um, intro music and hit uh, <laughs> tennis balls out into the mosh pit. It was great. In like all cricket whites. It was very entertaining. Then after that, like after them rather, um, Lamb of God came out and they were, they tore the house oh, wow. down. They were, they were awesome. I was really glad that I got to see them live. And then obviously, yeah, the main act was Slipknot and they put on a very entertaining show. I Best feel performed. like that's without question. Right. In contrast though, uh, Imran joining us as well. Uh, where does Avengers Sevenfold and Slipknot rank to you in, in terms of listening experience? Um, Okay, well, I've never actually listened to Avenged Sevenfold before this podcast, so um, that's, this was a very first new experience. I've got to say, before I listened to this album, I always thought they were more of like a metalcore, like super, more like genty almost kind of band, just based off what I heard. Listening to this definitely was not very, it exceeded my expectations, but Slipknot, I've, um, I've listened to the first album and... I've listened to the the latest one, We Are Not Your Kind. I didn't mind both of them. I I like that first one more. We Are Not Your Kind was pretty cool. I think, um, apart, uh, I yeah, think We Are that, Not Your Kind is probably their best album. I think it's their best oh, album think? without question. And I think one of the best, I think their best song um, is in that album, Nero Forte. Like I don't see, oh, yeah. like there is no there is no song that really matches up to how good that is. It just mm. flows so well. Well. Uh, in all honesty, uh, Connor, I think you could back me up. When Imran made that comment uh, of thinking that Avengers Sevenfold was a bit more of a metalcore kind of style, all he needs to do, really, Connor, is listen to Waking the Fallen, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. However, I've always seen, sorry, go ahead. I've always seen events. I was going to say, I was always, I've always seen Avengers Sevenfold as almost like a modern day Metallica. Yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely. Um, cut from the same cloth as Metallica and this particular album Hell of the King was very much an ode to the roots it was exceptionally stripped back to as their previous releases such as like City of Evil Nightmare and even the self-title to a certain extent 
Whereas um, the 0.5 The Great Chapter, the Slipknot album that we're going, we're pitting it against. Do you know what? Another uh, link that you could make, Connor, from when you suggested this one, is it both of these albums, uh, the first releases, or arguably the first release since the um, passing of a beloved band member of each, the death of That's Paul Gray right. occurred back I didn't in 2010, and uh, the loss of the Rev back in 09 from um, uh, after the self tub. And but the Rev does have writing credits on Nightmare, so I would argue Hell of King's the first one entirely written yep. without the Rev. That I I completely forgot about that. That is um yeah wow. I actually didn't think about that. Hey, there's there must have been a sign somewhere. Come on, come on. Has to, had to have been a, at least in the back of your mind. There's something spiritual back there, I reckon. But I think it is time to quit the dilly dallying and head straight to the uh, battle. It's going to be very interesting. I'm personally a massive Avenged Sevenfold fan. But uh, I've dabbled in Slipknot casually. I haven't actually explored an entire album by Slipknot up until this podcast. So this was quite an intriguing experience for me. Connor's just passionate about both. He's a passionate man. You can hear it. We're going to get a lot of passionate pleas from Connor in this podcast. Imran's in a similar boat to me. Very casual dabbling into both bands. So this will be an exploration podcast, I could say. Very excited. So So keen. So keen. Without further ado, Connor, you're going to need to guide us through it. Uh, you're going to need to guide us through this, I believe. But we're going to gesture over to our timekeeper over here, who's, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be conflicted timekeeper. I understand. Anyway, ring the bell. And so it begins. Hail to the King versus Point Five, the Great Chapter, Avenge Sevenfold versus Slipknot. We start off with Shepherd of Fire versus X I X. Connor. How do we start this off, you say? Um, well, I would say that both tracks, to an extent, aren't all that remarkable. I definitely, for this one, actually, this one quite surprised me. I actually led more to XIX just because of how out there it was. It almost felt like you were in the mind of Corey Taylor. Okay. Um, I feel like the only reason nowadays Shepherd of Fire gets any sort of recognition, actually, like I like the song, but I feel like nowadays it's only recognition is that it's in Call of Duty Zombies. <laughs> that's possible. Connor, hang on a second. Unremarkable. Shepherd of Fire only, only known for Call of Duty Zombies. Like, let's be honest. Like, it kind of is. Because you never hear it anywhere else but Call of Duty. This is reminding me of a question I forgot to ask you in the preamble. Are you prepared for Imran's hot takes? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. I seriously think are that's a hot take, personally. <laughs> like, here's the thing. None of these songs are bad. Some oh, no. of them just aren't... Yeah, no. Every single one of the songs in both albums are pretty good. But Shepherd of Fire, I like the song, but it's not one that I would go to. Um... XIX, I actually, after I listened to it, I actually did put it in my, like, metal playlist just for my own mm. personal use. Huh. So it kind of stuck with me. Not it even was a metal just, song. I know. Like, I thought of it almost as, like, a trip inside someone's mind. And uh, I like yeah. that kind of style. I th- yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Connor, but I think I'm going to have to go with Shepherd of Fire for this one. No, that's um, definitely fair. Yeah, I... XIX is cool. I like the the synths in it. Kind of reminded me of like an eighties horror vibe. Um, oh, the vocals. I agree. Good. Yeah, but um, I don't know. There's something about the the big theatrics of Shepherd of Fire and the that that eighties hair metal feel. I don't know. There's 
it was like I, I'm not a I'm not a particular particularly big fan of like eighties hair like hair metal per se, but it's just it kind of a throwback to that style of music. Mm. I I kind of I dig it. I don't know. Eight yeah, eight I, I thought it was cool. Struggle like Avenged Sevenfold has like they they can contrast their style because like they can do like the country metal, but they can also do that slow and somber kind of sound. When you're referencing when back. you're referencing country metal, Connor, you're referencing songs like Dear God and that, like Gunslinger and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like absolutely. And I think this is one of the things that Avenged Sevenfold is good at is that they can change their sound on a whim. Very true. Certainly very true. XIX for me. Imran, I need to ask you, you know the Metallica song off Reload, Low Man's Lyric? Yes. And how that features a hurdy-gurdy? Yes. Is a hurdy-gurdy being used in XIX, or is that just, as you mentioned, a synth? Uh, um, that's a good question. Just based off your ears. I, I, from memory, I, to be, it's a bit fuzzy in my brain because I've listened to it like once. Yeah. But from memory, I, I think it was a synth. I, I may have to re-listen to that, though. That'll be a fact check for later. All right. We'll, we'll fact check it at the end of the show, hey? Mm, sounds good. Okay. Uh, so, Connor, your first point's going to go to XIX just as a final yep. answer. Yeah. One point mm. to Slipknot here. One point to Slipknot. One point to Avenged for Imran, where myself... Ah, both songs are a strong open, to be perfectly honest. When I think Shepherd of Fire, it's maybe not the, the strongest of interest to an Avenged album when you compare it to songs like Critical Acclaim, uh, Beast and the Harlot, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, it, it still serves a purpose, I'd say. Like, I feel like out of both songs, the one I'd seek out more is Shepherd of Fire. So that's probably going to be the only reason why I take that one, especially considering it's, you know, fun riffage, groove along to it, and like spoken oh, yeah, word it, bits by M. Shadows. Song. It's a good song to just vibe to. Yeah, it's a bit more of a vibe song, but there are stronger openers to Avenged albums, but Shepherd of Fire can work, but that is not a discredit to XIX. That is a grief-filled startup. Like, obviously, 0.5, the Grey chapter, and Grey is spelt in the name of Paul Grey. This really sets you up as this is a Paul Grey tribute. Okay. So, Imran and I, one point each to Hail to the King. Next up is the title track, Hail to the King, and that goes up against Sarcastrophe. Okay, mm. straight up, Hail to the King, without question, point to Avenged Sevenfold from my end. <laughs> like, this is my favourite Avenged Sevenfold song. Yeah, Was it the first, the first Avenged song one... you discovered? Yes. It was mine um, too. I discovered, I discovered this... And then the second one was actually Welcome to the Family from the Nightmare album. Yes. Um, Hail to the King. God damn, that opening. That opening just gets you excited. Yeah, it, it, things are about to happen once that hits. It hooks you immediately. Exactly. Like, it's weird. The first thing I picture nowadays when I think of this song is like, this could be like an opening for a Triple H match. <laughs> they used that for a Triple H match. Remember... um. It was a WrestleMania 32 Triple H Roman Reigns main event. Well, I don't let's actually. Talk about that I don't. I never. I never watched. I don't remember that. Really? Okay. I never actually watched that pay per view. Okay, WrestleMania 32, the video package for Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the title main event. Hail to the King was featured. Okay, but yeah, this is just. I don't. This is just the perfect song in my opinion from for an mm. Avenged Sevenfold album. This is like top <laughs> for me. 
Which, funny enough, yeah, rhythmically, it's not so bad. It's just Sinister Gates running the show on the leads. And then rhythmically, it's pretty simple, but oh, Gates makes that song. And then just the build and release, fantastic yeah. song. Imran, simple in contrast, Sarcastrophe. I honestly did not mind Sarcastrophe. That was a, that was a pretty rocking song. Um, absolute thrashing intro. Um, that I love that. Uh, oh wait, I'm looking at the wrong notes here. I'm sorry. Um, the yeah, sorry, forget the thrashing intro. I was looking at the wrong notes. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit more of an atmospheric um, intro. This one, yeah, this one was. I kind of found this one to be actually more of a tool esque uh intro. Got, got oh. that, um, yeah, kind of got that rhythmic, like almost Mediterranean uh kind of sounding uh, yeah, just like the drumming and the, the guitars and stuff. Once that kicks in, though, that's a banger of a track. I loved some of the oh, harmonies yeah, no, on the guitar I, and stuff. And... I enjoyed Sar- Sarcatastrophe. That's that's really going to ruin me, just the title of that. <laughs> but um, I enjoyed that too. I thought it was a good song, and I hadn't taken much time to actually listen to it. But this that was another song I put into my playlist, because I'm like, yeah, like I grew to it pretty good. So hang on, Tool-ish? Yeah, just the intro. Oh, okay. I, yeah, the, like the that build-up, the bringing the tension and then once that riff kicks in it's just once the riff kicks in it's definitely a slipknot song yeah uh, yeah that uh just that intro i i I really liked the intro the build up to it okay um in contrast though hail to the king i gotta say that's that's probably my pick here because that's a that's a pretty rocking song Um, my first thought when that song kicked in was um the intro is very uh thunderstruck by acdc oh yeah but um yeah, just the that build up the the whole like it, if like it, if I don't think from memory there was someone there were people chanting in the background, but it sounded like there could have been people just chanting in the background. I know at a live um, show they make the crowd chant "Hail." Yeah, like that may as well just be "Hey, thunder." Hey, yes. You know, like, um, yeah, but yeah. No, I thought the the verse flowed really nicely into the chorus and the on the bridge as well. I really liked that. Um, yeah, I, like this is just a, it's a song that speaks for itself, honestly, I reckon. It just, it's a killer song. Like, I'm also, all credit I'm also, to Sarcastrophe, but yeah, Hail to the King. Yeah. I'm also interested in just getting your opinion on the on the solos. Like, I think this, obviously, you've just discovered Avenger Sevenfold, so you're discovering Sinister Gates. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. I Sinister Gates, my opinion changes of him throughout the album. At this point of the album, I'm like, oh yeah, he's cool. Definitely Shredder guy is, you know, he's... Like he's got some cool riffs, like like his he's got some cool solos. But yeah, I'll I'll touch on that later. Okay, I'm taking Hell of the King as well. It's got a special place in my heart. First Venge song I ever discovered. Um, it's one of their best build and release songs that they have. But I'm I'm very interested. Uh, Imran did point out, hey, this reminds me of ACDC's Thunderstruck. That's going to be a recurring theme as we go on through Hail to the King, and it's why Avenged Sevenfold got <laughs> quite a bit of blowback making this album. Um, so, we've all gone Hail to the King. That means 2-0 for me, 2-0 for Imran, where it's one all for Connor. Next up, both of these were actually pleasant surprises for me, personally. Doing Time versus really? AOV. How are they yeah. a surprise to you, Jason? That's what I mm. want to know. Did you, oh, wait, did I you did, say pleasant surprises? Pleasant surprise. Yeah, well, I, I didn't mm. think doing time okay. would be that cracking of a song, but no, that, that, one's, a, that one's a rocker. That one's something from yeah. like the American road movies. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, honestly, I thought doing time was 
two uh two guns and roses that honestly like i could pinpoint the song that that sounds like night train by guns and roses mm. even the even the vocals sound like axel the I liked the um, the solo was kind of cool because the intro to it, he had these like super shrill bends and then he just started shredding and I was like, oh, he could have like kept going with something cooler there, but he just kind of went to the basic like shredding thing. But yeah, like it's it's a cool song, but eh, I've heard it before. Connor? That would be, yeah, that would be my main, like I love the song and I am picking it, but that is a, that is a very valid criticism that you've heard the song before from many different artists and different bands. Yes, but to, to as Imran mentioned it and to Gates' credit, that solo is very wild and gritty. But yeah, Night Train by Guns N' Roses there. Once again, we're starting that theme, aren't we? So Connor, you, you're taking Doing Time. Yep, absolutely. That, and AOV is a good song. I love that song too. Yeah, what, what, what do you like about AOV? It just... For me, what I love about Slipknot is just when they go all in, when they're just full on heavy. I'm not much of a fan of their more reserved stuff. Like, yeah, just just name this, a, name one of the reserved songs just for context for me. Like um oh what was it? Um, AOV. Like yeah, I still liked it. I still liked it. Like I still love the song, but I'm not a fan of like like goodbye. Like I lo- it was a fine song, but I don't know. I prefer them more. I'm more of a people equal shit. Um, spit it out. Um, Nero Forte. Also the kind maggots. of sand. Yeah, mm. like all that stuff. Um, left behind. I like that kind of style of Slipknot. Okay. I I definitely agree with you there, Connor. Um, I gotta say there. I think this one I'm picking AOV because I there's something about this song that got me. I don't know. There was like it was super. I like that slow drum groove against the super thrashy riff in the chorus, or not the chorus, the, mm. the verse. Um, the chorus was very alternative, almost like it, it kind of reminded me a bit of Deftones. That mm. interlude in the middle was kind of cool as well. Um, uh, like uh, nice yeah, the riff. shift in feel that it has halfway through. That yeah. that that moment, Imran, actually is why I prefer AOV to Sarcastrophe. To be perfectly honest. Mm. Yeah, I think that's why I'm picking it as well. To be honest. I, I just like that little switch up. And then towards the end, it comes back in like full throttle. So yeah, my one's going to Slipknot. It has like one. the best of both worlds from Slipknot. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like it's a good contrasting song. For me, I prefer the second half where Connor, you know, would be thrashing away at the first half. And it, yeah, best of both worlds. Couldn't have said it any better. Um, the only problem is, is that I was, the when I was making my decision, I was, once again, came down to which one am I going to seek out a little bit more? Because they were both pleasant surprises. I thought, I thought, you know, I wasn't sure if I like either of them, but no, I've, I've grown to like both of them quite nicely. Uh, <laughs> Imran, you've made a compelling case for me not picking doing time, but I think I am going to seek that one out a bit more after this podcast. I think that might take me to three nil, you know, Ooh. arguably a hot take, but I, I think Ooh, I'm going to probably oh. check out doing time a lot more. I was pleasantly surprised by that one. Next up, however, easiest battle I've ever done on the Great Metal Standoff. This is the easiest pick I've ever had to make. (laughs) This means war versus the devil and I, and the devil and I wins hands down. Explain why, explain why, Imran. Well, okay. So (laughs) when I first saw this track, This Means War, I immediately hated the title. Put that out right now. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's already a 
I, you already know my pick from there. Yeah. yeah so um, Groove and Riff kicks in. And once this, uh, once this Groove and Riff starts kicking in, I'm like, I've heard this riff before. Um, the vocals come in and I'm like, oh, okay, I've heard these vocals before too. Um, the solo is like, all right, okay, Van Halen, we get it. Um, about three minutes, about three minutes into the song, I was like, ah, oh, I realize where I've heard this song before. This is literally like every Metallica song off the Black Album. So. <laughs> Specifically, sad, Specifically but true. sad but true. Yeah. Mind you, we did not, that was the mind reading moment right there, but yes. Yes. The, literally, oh, yeah. I've got written in my notes, this song is Metallica, sad but true, but with twiddly bits. Yeah, I I hate that chorus. That chorus is like, like as much as like the fact already that it's just straight up another song. uh, They just replaced the chorus with this weird like jingly. How how does it go again? This means what? Something like that. I don't know. I just know that when you Sabatrua goes like dun 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 dun, where this means war is kind of like dun. That kind they're, of thing with that. They're different enough. Yeah, it's different enough to get away with being an original song, but at the same time, it's not different enough to get absolutely blasted. Connor, do yeah. you have a case yeah. of defense for this song? Not much, because I, I I went straight to The Devil and I. Like, I think The Devil and I is really the flagship song of this entire album, and it's the one that really holds it all together. Like, come on. The, the Devil is such a fucking kick-ass song. I I liked the Devil in my. I liked the um, the opening riff kind of gave me Metallica vibes, like Justice Era. Mm. Yeah, and it's just um, it's that slow build-up as well. Yeah, to the chorus. I like the somber. Yeah, the somber lyrics and the chorus and the verse. Sorry, and then that chorus. I really like the vocal delivery in the chorus. It's really cool. Oh yeah. And yeah. And when I went to see them live, when I went to see Slipknot live. Um, they would always get the crowd to sing Step Inside and then they Ooh. would carry on for the rest of that and then the crowd would sing Step Inside. So it's like I have that sort of... I don't, it, it's not a bias. It's like I've been there. I've experienced not only the song through listening just to the actual release, but also I've been there live to experience it. Mm. So I have that extra layer of like, yes, I like the song even more now that I got to be involved with it, like in a live concert so i'm like yeah, yes definitely. devil and i without question <laughs> easily oh, yeah. i think all three of us have taken devil and i haven't we yep yep, yep. well not even a competition here yeah <laughs> devil and i easily bet do you know what it is probably one of the top five best slipknot songs that they've ever done i'm not sure if connor could you attest to that one of the top five or was there i wouldn't i wouldn't say top five okay but it's definitely one of their better songs I know. I feel like you could choreograph like this really strange carny. Like, let's put let's put it this way. Let's put our director's hats on. Picture of a haunted old cottage in the middle of nowhere, and it's this old carny tourist destination where a tour guide lure, uh, to, takes you through all the different rooms of this cottage. And in and as the verses are playing on, you're seeing the tour take place. The tour guide telling him about the history of all the rooms in this cottage, and then behind one door, as the pre-chorus hits lets them know that there's this evil monster beside open the door. And it's just like the gates of hell have been unleashed. And then the chorus hits and there's like this <laughs> disfigured zombie or something like that flailing about trying to get at the, t- at the tourists as the, 
Correct. I could be wrong. Like this, I could be wrong, but I feel like the setting of the song is an asylum, I and that's that's, so. that's the kind of that's the kind of vibes that I got from it immediately when I first heard the song when I listened to the album initially. It feels like someone's caged up and they're trying to really yeah. bust out and wreak havoc. And it's, oh, it's a great connotation in The Devil and I. Best song of point five. Jason, does this mean now you have to make a haunted house to the, to the theme of The Devil and I? Enter, yes. a ha- enter a haunted house? Yeah, they enter create. a haunted house. The song starts playing and you just oh, you, you yeah, put the whole map set out. And it just, all the, all the spooky cues come with the song. Like, or they, they queued up with the song. <laughs> I will do That's it if one. they keep a disfigured zombie chained up to the roof of one of the rooms. Kind of like, kind of like those, um, kind of like those zombies in the maze runner films, you know, with those, the, the cranks or whatever, like just imagine one of those chained up into one of the rooms in the haunted house as the chorus of the devil and I hits. That'd be bloody mental. Wowza. That's a, that's a thought and a half. <laughs> um, every time I yeah, listen to that you're song, right there, that's Jason. Just all I'm going to be imagining. Yeah. Are you okay? Do you... You're right there, Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm all good. I'm willing to move on. Um, Requiem versus Kill Pop. This one I'm really conflicted by, Connor, because Requiem, I think, is the hidden gem of Hail to the King, but Kill Pop's I would so agree. Catchy. I, liked, I liked Requiem more than Kill Pop. Is that right? I liked it mm. more. I liked it more. Kill Pop is not a bad song, but one of the things that I wasn't... One of the things that, like, with Point Five, the Grey Chapter, a lot of the songs just don't... They just don't click in my brain there's nothing like there it's just like oh this is a good song i'm move on um yeah i don't get that with requiem i i I, I was in i was just in tune with it the entire time and i'm like i'll listen to it again and i still have that same sort of positive vibe with it um yeah i'm going completely agree with that i completely agree with you there connor with kill pop i had to listen to it twice because i just i zoned out like halfway through the first listen i was like wait I need to like come up with notes, so I had to listen to it again. Yeah, it was just like the intro was kind of cool, but the like the rest of it, it like it felt super short. Like I mm. like I didn't realize the song had finished until I moved on to the next song. I'm like, oh wait, that didn't click in my brain. So yeah, Requiem. Second, on the other hand, it's the second shortest song in the album. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I yeah definitely felt like it just wished by my eyes, but yeah. With Requiem, that one like uh, hooked me from the start. This is one. This is the first song on the album that wasn't a guitar intro. It was like this weird choir. So I was like, oh yeah, what's this? And then the like the vocal phrasing in the in the verse was super interesting, very rhythmic. The chorus is dark, real cool. Like the it ends on that major like kind of happy note, and then it just delves back into that super dark like punchy riff. It's real cool. I liked the um. There's this cool part in the solo that I liked that was like super tremolo like there was heaps of like delay and notes and stuff i kind of liked the solo other than that was like yeah but yeah and that was i'm gonna pick requiem for this one this i reckon requiem had a bit of a kick to it yeah you know i'm Five, honestly six. surprised that you it was an easy pick for you guys kill pop for me you know it, it it's had that simmering subtle seduction feel in the verse and then it builds into that soaring chorus i think it's one of you know Corey's best uh uh vocal performances on the uh album and you know percussion doesn't let up there's like i said verse wise it's really sinister it's simmering and it's it's got like that seductive delivery by Corey taylor because the metaphor of she and that was really that really hooked me but yeah do you know what 
I think all three of us are going to agree on Requiem because that one does hook you immediately. And I love the theatrics, especially with like Sinister Gates of Guitar in the middle. It's like that ding, 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 yeah. ding. It's easily yeah, one of their most definitely theatrical. Big, yeah. big thing with uh, um, Hail to the King I noticed is like, it's, yeah, it's a very theatrical album. Yeah, theatrical, which is funny because their intention was stripping back as far as they can, strip it back as far back to the roots as they possibly could. But they still got something really theatrical out of it. It's like you're being at the opera. M Shadows singing along to that. Sounds like he is summoning any evil spirit that would listen into the world. It's great. Yeah. Next up, Crimson yeah. Day versus Skeptic. Okay. Um, I was not a fan of Crimson Day. Okay. Explain. I didn't like it. Um, I am not... I'm not a fan of Event Sevenfold's slower pace songs. Right. Crimson Day just like it felt slow, it felt boring, and it was like just it just wasn't sticking. It was so slow to me. I'm not you I'm not a fan of their slow songs. I'm a fast paced, like give me Beast in the Harlot any day. Because that is just continuous. This is just I was waiting for this song to be over. Mm. It was so unremarkable to me. And then Skeptic, I I liked it. It's a it's a it's fast, intense. And I really liked it, but the chorus just did not grab me. I was not a fan of the chorus. Yeah. Um, Corey Taylor in the verses sounds like he's having an argument with himself. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, <laughs> that chorus is just like, nah, it did not stick with me. The world has never met another crazy MF like you. Da, 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 da. Like, I know it's a, once again, oh, that this was is that very song. Much a tribute album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to. I was reading my notes. I'm like, I I don't remember what this song is. It, it was one of those I, songs I just. Forgot. The the only thing that kept me going in Skeptic was just the intense percussion. Yeah. The intense like beat yeah. of the song, and like that. I really liked the opening. How it just felt like that. Not a siren, but like that. That. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's come back to me now. I remember was, the. Uh, the the intro hooked me because I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like some cool like yeah. industrial kind of thing. Um, yeah, that, that then, was immediately what I thought. Yeah, but then the rest of it, all the riffs just meshed into one big riff. Like I all the sections to me was just it wasn't even sections, it was just one big song. And I was just like, Oh, I heard that line before. That must be the chorus or something. So yeah. yeah. But um I'm I'm gonna go skeptic. I'm gonna go skeptic. Because Crimson Day was just boring. There was more to, there was um, more hook that hooked you in Skeptic than there was Crimson Day. Oh, without question. Imran, what was your insight on Crimson Day that you had? Because to be honest, I just find it ironically entertaining how soppy the song is. For a joke, this is for a joke, but obviously, once again, recurring theme of what the criticism to Hell of the King was. I just I just joked that Crimson Day sounded like an Aerosmith song. <laughs> oh yeah. I can hear the that. Yeah. Sevenfold comparison. But don't want to miss a thing. Part of that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, part of that hair metal scene, I guess. But yeah, um, the only thing I've written here for Crimson Day that's actually good is the chord progression is nice at the start. I huh. I wasn't a fan of the singing. It kind of feels forced, like a kind of tip stereotypical of that genre almost. Um, there were almost two guitar solos, and when the second one almost kicked in, I almost put a pencil through my eye. Oh, mate, come on. Uh, Mate, I wrote down in my notes, Imran, I'm a sucker for a Sinister Gates Whaley Melody solo. Yeah, 
I'm a sucker for that yeah. kind of thing. I I don't know. He's, I mean, later like later on, he does some better solos, but uh, just in this song, it didn't didn't register with me. But um, okay. yeah, I I guess I'm probably gonna pick Skeptic for this one just because it's heavier and there's more riffs. I guess it's a yeah. This is more of just which one I hate less. <laughs> so the spike point. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like, I'm gonna give I would you guys. Say that both both ahead, these songs Tom. are probably the weakest in the album. Ooh, I don't think Crimson yeah. Day is the weakest. Uh, uh it's it's a weak one. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I'm about to give you a hot take here, Imran. Uh oh. Crimson Day is growing on me. I listened to it again just before we started recording, and now it's growing on me. <laughs> oh man. So I know I thought, what your what, point what is it you like about it? Uh, what was it that I liked about it? Um, for some reason, I thought it was just Avenged Sevenfold's att- uh, another attempt at them kind of being heavy metal Shakespeare. It felt very Shakespeare and it felt very operatic and, mm. you know, single spotlight on M Shadows. He's kind of like projecting his voice across to like an opera crowd or something like that. And I'm a sucker for Sinister Gates' ballad solos. Like, I love the Seize the Day solo. I'm a big fan of the song Tonight the World Dies of Nightmare. Um there's, I didn't like this song at first, but it is sort of growing on me, but it hasn't grown on me enough to pick against it. So I'm going to go skeptic. <laughs> I'm going to take God skeptic. Damn. I love that. What a plot you, twist. You build, up, you build up how much you like Crimson Day. And like, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go skeptic. Come on. No, I'll take skeptic no. just based on the fact that there was a, there's a bit more going on, but I'm, I'm not sure mm. if it's going to be the one I seek out again after this show, you know? I don't blame you for mm. that, to be honest. I don't blame you. All right. We'll just give a quick score update. Um, for Connor, our guest, it's actually a uh, three all. It's a tie. Oh, wow. Oh, dear. <laughs> Imran, uh, we are looking at a three two lead in. Uh, oh, no, sorry. No, sorry. I am corrected. It's actually three all as well for you. Oh. For myself, oh, what a... for myself, it sounds like. Uh, I'm a deciding factor here because Avenged Sevenfold leads 4-2. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Oh, my. This is a neck and neck one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually quite surprised at myself, actually. Moving on now to Heretic versus, uh, as Connor said, uh, pitched to me in between takes, uh, Lek, he calls it, because we're not sure if it's Leech, Lech, or Lek. Lek. We'll right. go with that. We'll go We're going to call it Lek. If we're getting it wrong, Lech. hit us up on uh, facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. Um, Imran, to be perfectly honest, not Lek is a bit uh, forgettable. And in my opinion, Heretic is the weakest of Hail to the King. That, my friend, is a hot take. This Why is, is a very easy point. It's a very easy point to Heretic for me because uh, this is um, the first song that appeared on this album that I like genuinely like, like that that i would seek out again the 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 riff at the start is really cool it feels kind of menacing the yeah just the chorus i think for me made it because i the, it was the first chorus on the album that i really like that i really liked and yeah i i liked the weird acoustic breakdown the bridge is really weird not gonna lie it's with the whole like please don't leave me I, like i i didn't get how that connected with the rest of the song because the rest of the song mm. is like real dark and stuff but yeah i i liked it um lek i literally don't i i don't remember how it goes but what i wrote here apparently it's got some nine inch nail vibes 
um, without all the like alternative genty parts, this could be like a cool industrial song, but um, I can't vouch for that because I literally don't remember any of it. So yeah, this is heretic for me. Heretic easy. In fairness, now that you say you like the chorus, in fairness, you are a big Dio fan and it is probably one of the more uh, lyrically, it's more fantasy themed. So I guess that's probably right up your wheelhouse, I would argue. Um, Yeah, Lek, as uh, Connor has been calling it in between takes, for me, uh, vocal delivery, especially in the first verse, it's got, it's like the stylistic choice was very subtly sarcastic. Uh, in hell, Connor, it starts off straight off with uh, Corey Taylor screaming, so that's you know a straight into it kind of thing. Other than that, mm. frenetic riffage, a little bit of build and release, and um, the samplings on uh, the sampling and the turntables are on full display with uh, Craig Jones and Sid. Like I like I I liked both of these songs, but I'm going to go with Imran. I definitely stuck with Heretic more. The chorus, it just it's the it's a good chorus. The opening is good. The the menacing guitar at the start is kick ass. And I actually don't mind that the bridge that you said was weird because it's almost like a a moment of peace, but then you're just straight back into it. Yeah. Like you yeah, have definitely. your this this is your respite moment, but then here you go, you're back into more chaos. I actually quite liked it. Um. Yeah. I couldn't. Here's the thing: if someone played Lek to me, which I'm, I'm going with Lek. Are you? Okay. I'm not, oh, no, no, I'm going with Heretic, but I'm just saying the pronunciation of Lek. I'm just going oh, right. with that yep. pronunciation. Um, if someone played that to me, I would not remember the song. If someone played it in like a week or two, it would completely go past my head. Uh, like, I see it to a certain extent. I don't know. I just it, remember it being it very song. frenetic from a certain point onwards. And that's really, it's the only reason why I would take it over heretic because also once again, to keep up with uh, uh, highlighting what people were criticizing about how the King heretic probably is the one that sounds a bit like symphony of destruction with the boom, bam, 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 compared to the, the da, 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 of symphony of destruction. But, um, just just highlighting what probably people would be criticizing about it. But um uh this one this one I'm just taking like to spite heritage or heritage, heretic. Heritage and Opeth album. We're not talking about Opeth here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't believe it. Honest. I'm only doing it to spite the other. I'm not the biggest fan of that, that one. That either. makes it worse. That makes it worse. That's <laughs> I I don't get it. Hey <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. dear. All right. Next up, this is this is a great scale. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks left on the Great Chapter, and we've only got three left on Halo of the King. Maybe this is how the Great Chapter is going to win back a few points. But we're up to Coming Home versus Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, Connor, being the most um, uh, direct uh, farewell to Paul Gray. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to do that, definitely it's the right choice of song. Not just from title alone, but also in in the way it's presented. But it didn't stick with me. Really? Really didn't. And and fairs, neither of these songs really did. I wasn't a fan of Coming Home. Yeah, um, me neither. So you share that sentiment, do you, Imran? Yeah, I, both of these songs weren't... I mean, I think it, my pick here would have to go to Goodbye because there's more about it that I like than Coming Home. But yeah, both of these songs I wasn't a massive fan of. I would, yeah, 
I'm going to go with goodbye on this one just because there's some actual, it, it's a goodbye letter to someone that they, that they lost. And like, there's a bit of wholesomeness when it comes to that. So I'm, I am going to go um, goodbye on this one. Yeah. Goodbye. Like, once again, I'm, I'm a very, I like my music intense and I like my music fast. But surely, surely this one would be a bit more of a different type type of intense, wouldn't it? Or maybe you could make that argument for a couple of later tracks. I'd say definitely in the later tracks. Yeah. Goodbye for me. Well, there's that empty ether kind of atmosphere, which to be honest, I quite enjoyed. I'm a fan of Goodbye. I'm actually a fan of this song. Well, they're not bad songs. They're definitely not bad. I'm not. We, they just didn't stick with me. We didn't go too far in depth on Coming Home. What? What makes Coming Home stick out the way it did to you guys? Um, I From the get-go, I didn't really like this song because from the like straight from the intro, it just kind of sounded like they were trying to write a Iron Maiden-style song. And then as it kept going, I was just like, this is just feels like it's getting longer and longer. Like the solo yeah. just went for ages. The outro went for ages. I By the end of it, I'm like, I can't be bothered anymore. I... <laughs> It is, yeah, it is the second longest song in the album at six minutes, 26 seconds. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even compute yeah. to me that it's six minutes because to me, it's just long. Like, I just... It felt like it, 10. It could be two minutes or it could be six. Either way, it's just too long. For me, yeah. personally, Coming Home feels like an incomplete package. If Coming Home, I reckon... I'm, I might need your take on this, Connor, as a fellow diehard Sevenfold fan... I feel like if Coming Home was on an album such as the self-titled or City of Evil or hell, even the stage, the album that came on after this, no, yeah. the rhythm section, the rhythm section, like the Zachy V and the Johnny Christ rhythm bit, or even hell, um, if Brooks Wackerman was on the drums, there'd be so much more going on. It'd be a chaotic hodgepodge jigsaw puzzle kind of a song because my God, my opinion was um, the lead guitar work and the solos were Damn wicked, man. They were fan I really got I really dug those. I just thought it was an incomplete package on the rhythm section. I feel like the whole song is just it's it, it feels like it was an incomplete song to begin with. Can you test him right to that? Yeah. I yeah. I can uh yeah, I I've got nothing more to add to that. Yeah, that's I'd say that's pretty accurate. Huh. That's that's I feel like if if they if they tried to stretch this for like another four minutes i think they got to the point perhaps it's like okay this song is already long enough already we don't want to we don't want to bore them out so we'll just cut it off from here that is very strange because yeah. i was very intrigued by the solo work was was gates and zaki vengeance bouncing off each other because i think you hear them in one channel then the other and it went on for so long and it kind of hooked me but the bland rhythm section just didn't do it i thought ah if there was a bit more going on if there was if they weren't stripping it back it could really be one of their best. But um, alas, no, Goodbye is a more complete package for me. It's a touching tribute. And I think it's got that different kind of intensity that Connor's been uh, talking about throughout this entire podcast, just by the simmering, the subtle and the build and the ascending feel to it. And then it finally lets loose with that painstakingly piece of grief. Um, Goodbye for me. And I think that makes all of us take goodbye, to be honest. Yeah. And do you know what's that yeah, done? Yeah, to the, time. yeah. Do you know what that's done to the score, gentlemen? What has it done? Inform us. What has it we're, done? We've all we're all standing at four all. Wowza. 
Jeez, this is getting this is getting real interesting. So once it gets, get, so once we reach sweet, the end, if, if once we reach the end, we actually have a tie in our tallies. Our grand point needs to be split in two, and it gets half each. Oh dear! Oh boy! Are we heading down that oh road? My. Now, next up, we start the final two tracks of Hail to the King, Planets, versus uh, track nine on the Grey Chapter, Nomadic. I think it's Nomadic, kind of like a Grey Nomad, Nomadic. Mm-hmm. Um, Planets is where things keep pick up for me, and Nomadic. I reckon that sounds straight out of like an MCU film. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I've never heard. I've never heard uh, Slipknot and MCU be in the same sentence. Oh, Corey Taylor's a fanatic on that on that franchise. I'm sure that'd be his dream. That'd be his entry. Oh, I'm sure it is. If he gets to work on a soundtrack for an Avengers film, I'm sure he would be complete. Um, <laughs> yeah, Planets was an interesting one because I completely forgot about this song. Like, I completely forgot that this song existed. <laughs> and I've taken my view. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. It's never stood out to me. Even when I listened to it back when I was like 16, it just never stuck out to me. But I liked it. It was good. Like, it was, it was different for the rest of the album. What makes it different? Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked the drumming. I, I think drumming was the one thing that made Planets stand out for me. The rest of it was just like, kind of felt like the same, like, same kind of Hail to the King-esque song, where it's just another song on the album. There's nothing particularly stood out to me apart from the drums yeah i the singer hit some pretty big notes i wrote here but i don't remember that so yeah i definitely have to re-listen to some of these because like mm. yeah there's just because like, like, i've listened to these albums once it they're like they haven't fully sunk into my brain yet and for me it's it, this is probably the first time i've fully gone through these albums in like years so it's mm. yeah, it's definitely. also really trying to like trying to re rejig my brain to remember them, but Planets is always one that I yeah yeah, and Planets is one that I kind of forgot about completely. Yeah, but I liked it. I, think, I liked um, it a lot. Yeah, it's the same with Nomadic for me, honestly. Like it's another one of those songs that like I don't particularly remember. I I liked how it um the start riff flowed perfectly from the end of goodbye to the start of nomadic on the album. I really liked that. The chorus is super catchy. But it is, yeah. Yeah, like apart from, apart from that, um is there's not like I, I kind of zoned out on this one as well. I like already I kept zoning out. I like I needed to re-listen to this. So yeah. And like the just the kind of basic structure of it felt like I'd I've already heard it eight times before on each of the songs before this so yeah i'm not too sure this one actually the thing the you, thing that the thing pick. that maybe um made nomadic stand out for me is that we actually had a really shredderific guitar solo on that one and i think that might have been the first one on this album it was yeah yeah i did notice i wrote uh solo here because i was surprised by that i'm like oh there's a yeah i wasn't expecting that but yeah i mean there's a there are solos all over hail to the king so it kind of like I was like, ah, oh, another solo. That's uh, it, <laughs> that's it didn't, the twentieth that one I've listened to. Yeah, it didn't register that it was Slipknot, not uh, Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> not Avenged. So. Yeah. Ah, I'm. Do you know what? I'm surprised by your indifference. Planets for me, it's like that warning danger head. Well, let's put it this way: they're connoting us like the environment of outer space being in complete disarray, and I think they paint that picture 
exceptionally well with that depiction. And I love that addition of the horns. They, they added some horns in that track. And it's just yeah, a yeah. magnifier of intensity in that one, in my view. For, I, For a split second, I, I thought you he said corns. <laughs> <laughs> I was in corns. Is corn jumping in? <laughs> <laughs> imagine a corn and a bench set of collab. Jeez. Do you imagine just in the middle of planets, just, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Davis coming out with his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that would ruin it. Yes, <laughs> get around it. That'd make me. That'd make it more memorable, honestly. It, it really would. Yeah. It would. Yeah. All right, decision, um, gentlemen. You guys pick first. I, I don't like. I, I don't know. Okay, this one was close, but I'm going to take planets. I'm. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you on that one, Jason. I am going planets. Ooh, 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 ooh. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Actually, and I, um, I would also take planets based on a. Um, uh, inside I found out by the band later on. I'll tell you about that later on. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Planets as well, since you guys are... I like. I genuinely, like at this point, I'm just like, it doesn't matter what I pick, because I don't remember the <laughs> songs. <laughs> Planets it is. Cool, the cool drum song. The cool drum song. Cool drum song. Yeah. What is your take of um, Aaron Iljay overall, Imran, the drummer of Hail of the King? This is the only um, release he was... As part as a member of Avenged Sevenfold, he was brought in after uh, they dismissed Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater, and then they replaced him with ba- uh, Bad Religion's Brooks Wackerman for the stage. Uh, their subsequent release. What do you think of Aaron Ill J? Do you reckon he's kind of like that forgotten member, or has he left his mark? Um, I mean, his drumming on the uh, on the album definitely like it's he's got a certain style. He's got that eighties um, like hair metal style that like the the sound of the album has i mean i don't know how much i can say in terms of how much he left a mark on the band because i haven't listened to any of the other stuff but yeah I, like his i reckon his drumming was like as far as the songs were he did a great job with them especially like with their style just, sorry i oh know yeah i was literally about to say like with that style of music that's yeah mm. the stylistic choice that they wanted to take yeah definitely Okay, so now we're at the final track of Hail to the King, but we still have four more to go after this one for the Grey Chapter. So let's just get this one sorted. Acid Rain, the final track from Hail to the King, versus the one that kills the least, which is track 10 off the Grey Chapter, and there's still four more to come for that album. These are two very odd songs for me. I agree. I was was not a fan of Acid Rain. Ooh, really? Okay. Acid Rain was all right. I I got caught off by the piano at the start because I was like, wow, that's a different sound on this album, especially right at the end. Um, as the song kept going, I start um I kind of had the thought of this kind of sounds like an Alicia Keys song. <laughs> um, this is the one solo on the album that I liked, but other than that, this was an air song. This would have been it would have been a good Alicia Keys song, but I don't know about Avenged Sevenfold. Okay, the. Bef- for Connor, I get your take. I'm going to try and convince him, Ron, here. Oh, go oh, ahead. Wait, this this will be interesting. I, I'm going to convince... give you my take on the other one. Okay, give me your take on the one that kills the least, but I want to try and convince you into believing that Acid Rain isn't an eh song. Okay, all right. Well, the one that kills the least, I've got exactly four, four notes here for it. Whack title, Evanescence, question mark. Bouncy <laughs> riff, okay, Slipknot. Okay, 
My view, As, there was classic yeah. Slipknot around about halfway through. There's a little bit of Siren. You get another Shredderific solo. So two for two on that one. That's uh, points to you there, Slipknot. But you know what? It is very differently. It's a very, very different style, Connor. I, I liked it. I liked the one that kills the least. For some reason, <laughs> I think just the title, it made me think of um, Francis Farmer will have a day in Seattle. Oh, yeah, we'll have a revenge in and Seattle. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a revenge in Seattle. I'm like, I don't know why. But like the title just gave me that vibe. I'm like, oh, I actually liked that song. So I was like, yep, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to like it. And I'm like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than Acid Rain. I think Acid Rain is a weak finish. Hmm. Okay. looks like I'm going to have to try and convince both of you then. Because I've had a love hate, I've had a love hate love relationship with Acid Rain too. I remember being, um, being a fan. Love or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Alison Chains reference. Alison Chains reference. <laughs> I know it's it's still a very long song, Imran. <laughs> I I'm coming for you. You know I'm coming for you. Go listen to our Facelip versus uh, Bad Motorfinger podcast for to understand that reference. Okay, Acid Rain. Uh, this is one, this is, uh, Avengers Sevenfold on their YouTube channel have done a, a video series where they literally sit down and break down, uh, the composition of all, most, some of their songs. One of their episodes does involve the breakdown of acid rain. And what their intention kind of was, was planets projects this depiction of space and disarray. There's planets colliding meteorites and just chaos up, up in the great cosmos above us. Acid rain is then told from the perspective of kind of uh, all the chaos then raining back down on earth. And it's kind of like this very doomsday type scenario. And uh, I quite enjoy that depiction, but first listen, I enjoyed that depiction. Second time I was like, um, not quite so sure. It is a bit slow. It is a bit gloomy, but I tried it. uh, I tried it again just before we started recording. And yeah, there is this very, sorrow fields it's a bit more of a heart-wrenching ending and it does connote this very doomsday-like scenario which is quite intriguing and i also have a newfound respect to both planets and acid rain because it was because of those songs that they believed they could take that direction into what would then become the stage which is my favorite avenge sevenfold album that they've ever done so that's my case okay well I haven't got much of a compelling case for the one that kills the least, so I'm going to pick Acid Rain for this one. Hey, <laughs> I'll save them, <laughs> listeners. I'm, I'm, I will, um, I will contrast the both of you. I'm going to go the one that kills the least. Okay, mm. no worries. I, I quite liked it. Yeah. I dug it. Yeah, I'm not going to discredit the one that kills the least because I think that is probably the most underrated of the great chapter, Connor. So I will, I will take your point on that one. To be honest, like now listening to it, like. I haven't gone through this album in years. The only song that I've listened to from this album repeatedly is The Devil and I. And that's the that's the the song that you put on. That's the song that you advertise on the album. That's the song that holds the glue. Like it's it's it holds it's the glue that holds everything together. Like without it, I would have a different story about this album. But like I've listened to the to the devil and I the most out of the album. Um the one that kills the least was a nice little surprise for me. Okay. So um, we'll just give a quick score update while um, since Hail of the King is done. Now from here on in, we're going to have to just give gold stars to four Slipknot songs if we are willing to seek it out again or if we think it, if it went up against 
a Hail to the King track, would it win? So we'll just give a quick score update. We'll start with our guest, Connor. It is five all. Very Oof. tight race. For Imran and I, we both share a Hail to the King lead, six to four. Ooh. Interesting, interesting. And we have four tracks remaining on the 0.5, the grey chapter by Slipknot. Let's go. Does Custer deserve a gold star? Um, nah. I mean, it's a cool song. Uh, was this the one that, um, this one that got uh, the Grammy nomination, I think. Did it really? Uh, for this album. <laughs> what a song that goes cut, cut, cut me up and f- 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 me up. Yeah, apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia, this got a um, better <laughs> The most reliable source in the world. Because yeah. anyone in the world can edit it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, once again, this is me going back to, like, this, this is me going back to back in the day. I did listen to this song, and I didn't like it. Mm. And I don't know why. I, I legitimately don't know why, because after re-listening to it, like it's intense. Like the lyrics are like, oof, that's dark. Like that's dark. It's easily one of the darkest, yeah. Yeah, like that. Even just the the uh, the recreation of the chorus, like, oh man, like that's that's intense. But the song never really stuck with me, and it still doesn't. Like it's it's good, but depending on which song you put it up against, from Hail to the King, I would give it to Event Sevenfold. Interesting, interesting. Mm. Uh, that surprises me with all this talk of intensity with such a full-on and just completely unchanged. I know. Yeah, I interesting. It's, I don't know what didn't stick with me about this because it is everything that I do like about Slipknot. Yeah. But I, I thought this was the most aggressive song of the album, like as of this it point. It was very aggressive, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Imran? Um, no, I'm not going to give it a gulp. It's a cool song, but no. Nah. Not, Darn, not quite. Okay. Does not get a gold star. I don't think it's going to get one from me either, you know. But it is, it is one of those choruses that once we stop recording, I am going to end up whispering to myself, cut, cut, cut me up and me up. <laughs> yep. But of course, with the profanity. Because we'll with be the profanity, there. of course. I'm trying yeah, to we'll, uh, we'll take be, it we'll easy on myself we'll and We'll be off air. Yes. We'll be off <laughs> yeah. air. Exactly. Okay. So... Does Be Prepared for Hell warrant a gold star? No. <laughs> no. You said it's so deflated, Imran. Why is that? It's, it's like a two-minute interlude. It's real weird. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the let me up. This is, your, this is your small break. This is a quick song. And then we're going to get into like the final closing chapters. Maybe an extended intro to the final two. As well, actually, that's yeah, to your I, point. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes much more sense. Um, yeah, the, there's no gold star for Slipknot here. Strange. Well, then this let's is where just start to go downhill. Then let's just point paint a visual picture. If from a visual perspective, what do you see this being the soundtrack of scenario-wise? Like, is it some sort of solitary confinement? Is it some sort of interrogation room? What do, you, what do you reckon the environment is when listening to that soundtrack? Is it the door to hell on the other side? And when we get to the negative one, the negative one is on the other side of that door. From memory, I would... I, it kind of sounded outdoorsy, like in an open field. Okay. Connor? I, yeah. That, like... I feel like this is almost 
if you're inside someone's brain, but almost in a sense where you're seeing the darker side of that person's brain, where you're going to see mm. someone at their absolute worst, potentially. Mm. And it's I mean, like, it's being prepared, title, you're going to see some, you're going to see some SH word. Sugar, honey, ice yeah. and tea. <laughs> yes. Some people equals blank. <laughs> Next up, gentlemen, does the negative one earn yourself the gold star, the bonus point? Um, nah, not this one either. Again, you I, sound so I, defeated. Yeah, I well, I'm trying to scrape my memory to see if I want to give him a gold star or not. But I like I can. This one I think was one of the more forgettable ones that. I liked the the guitar at the start that kind of sounded like humming. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and then the guitar that came in it sounded like screaming. I liked that. Um, there was some cool DJ scratching in the middle of it, or at least what sounded like DJ scratching and some like Tom Morello esque stuff from the guitars. Yeah, but, mechanical um, wine. I described it as. Mm, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but I no, I'm not going to give it a point. Ouch. I think that's probably a flaw for you and I, Imran, when it comes to Slipknot. We're just casual <laughs> listeners of it. A full album saw yeah. is blurring one for both of us, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. Musically, I like it. The rest of it is kind of forgettable. Okay, what's forgettable then? Everything. <laughs> I don't remember a single lyric from the song. Like, it, it's one of those songs I actually didn't listen to when I went through the album, just because... Uh-huh. I don't remember. I don't even remember listening to this one, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay." Like it's, it's all right, but if someone played it to me a couple of weeks later, I wouldn't remember it. Yeah, it's it's just I, yeah, I think I'd have to agree. With it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not giving this one a gold star. I feel like it, I feel like in the in the main Slipknot fan community, I feel like that would be one of their favorites. I feel like that'd be a fan favorite, the negative one. I'm surprised to hear that answer, to be I don't honest. Know, anyone, I've never met anyone who I know who enjoys Slipknot talk about the negative one. Okay. Okay. Oh, there you go. All right. So now we're at the final track of this uh, battle here on the Great Metal Stand of Hell King versus Point Five The Great Chapter. The final track is from the Point Five The Great Chapter, If Rain Is What You Want. Keeping up the rain theme. Mmm. Had a couple of songs rain. Funnily enough, it was raining earlier in Melbourne. It was, yeah. yeah I think they were predicting storm warnings. So it would have been really funny yeah. talking yeah, about acid some... rain in the middle of a thunderstorm. In, or in the middle of a recording, want. it was uh, pound the rain was pounding outside my window, so it's a very poetic. Yeah, poetic yeah. ending. Lucky it wasn't acid rain, my lord. True. Oh, I know, right? That'd been a lot worse. Um mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of all I can really say. Like, eh. I, I kind of liked the song, but I don't know if I want to give it a gold star yet because I I really liked the intro, how it was super ominous. Everything sounded super distant. It was quiet. And then suddenly it just became a doom song. Like, mm. Slipknot, Doomy. Like, I, that blew my mind. So, But then as it kind of progressed, it kind of got more ballady more had more of that alternative sound i reckon if it i was gonna say i reckon if it stuck with that doomy sound it would be a 100 percent of gold star but yeah like i don't know how i feel about it switching to that more 
almost poppier sound. It's that cool, was but my, I don't know. That was my biggest complaint. Now, it switched what, when it didn't need to. What makes that poppy just out of interest? Not not so much poppy, but it was just like there was a clear melody. There were clear. It was a clear like chorus. It was. I I felt it was more like alternative metal rather than like that screamy Slipknot stuff. Okay. Or even if they like if they stuck with that doom like super slow paced riff like that that would have been good. But yeah, they just kind of went more. It, just, it felt like a ballad. It point. started out that way, but then it kind of turned into the Slipknot. Uh, take on a ballad okay because it does end up yeah. kind of like a standard slipknot percussive song towards the end but then it fades out kind of like it's been unplugged or it's like drowning into an ether yeah it could be drowning in rain yeah could be. very very much so um if i'm honest the thing that's making me think should it get a gold star or not is if it went up against acid rain which would win and I'm really struggling <laughs> thinking it might. Mm. I legit think yeah, it might actually, be yeah. acid rain. Against acid, if this was up against acid rain, I would give it. I, I would give this a gold star. Okay, but is are you going to officially do it? Um, I'll say strictly if it's up against acid rain, then yes. Okay, I think I think I sh- we should pay that, shouldn't we? I reckon we should. All right, I'm going to pay that for you, Connor. Uh, if Rain is what you want, is going to get the Con- Connor Matthews EP of Play 1 Gold Star bonus point, which uh, has drastically affected his score. Um, I reckon it would beat Acid Rain for me as well, but it is a tight one. If Rain is what you want, this basically came from my fandom of Stone Sour, which is Corey Taylor's other band that he fronts, which is a bit of a shame because I don't think Stone Sour should be considered as Corey Taylor's other band. It does definitely holds on its own merits. And I'm a much bigger fan of that band than I am Slipknot. If Rain is what you want, I was surprised to hear, mostly because of that atmospheric, the, when we talk about, we've been talking about intensity of the straight in your face riffage and percussive nature of Slipknot. For this one, in the end, it felt more simmering and the intensity came from what isn't being played, the atmosphere surrounding it. And I was surprised to hear it conclude the Great Chapter because it reminds me of the next Stone Sour album that came out after the Great Chapter, which was Hydrograd. Uh, the final song ended in a very similar note on that album, Hydrograd, and the song's called When the Fever Broke. It's got that same mm. simmering, heavy, intense nature that's just more in rel it's more in the darkness realm than it is the in-your-face riffage. Mm. Yeah, I, I liked that it was quite different from everything else on the album. Um, I was just, I was completely caught off guard at the fact that they just had this super slow, it was almost like this filthy doom riff. I, just, I, I loved that. But then, yeah, like, as I said before, it just kind of changed. And I, like, I didn't mind it, but I think it would have been a lot better if it stuck with what it was at the start, which was like that, really slow, super, super doomy, yeah. But you know what? I reckon in conclusion, Connor, I'm going to join you and give If Rain Is What You Want a Gold Star because I think it would beat Acid Rain and I might seek that one out again because I think it matches the Hydrograd song released three years out, three years later, mind you, when the fever broke. And that also, once again, simmering, but it's got that heavy nature because of its, of, of its, uh, entry into the dark realm more than it is in your face and it is a welcome change yes definitely 
Cool. So now we have reached the end of Hail to the King versus Point Five, the Great Chapter. So now it's time to get all our tally scores and put it into a grand point. Put merge them all together into one grand point and see who wins. We'll start with myself because uh, it's more fun finding out what Imran and Connor's uh, grand points lay. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go first to get, you know, get the boring stuff out of the way. It was quite a close contest towards the end. Uh, but for me, Hagel to the King gets the grand point with a total score of six to five. Who wants to go next? Ooh. Do Connors. Do Connors? Yeah, go, go ahead. All right. Connor, it's also six five. But the grand point goes to Slipknot. Ah. So, Imran. No, that's, I find that very surprising. Why is that? I don't know. I have more memories of Hail to the King. Interesting. Okay. Maybe, I maybe. think it's just the... I feel like the album had a good opening and middle, but it was the end that killed it, potentially. Hmm. Well, and here's the thing. We're the passionate Sevenfold and Slipknot fans, and the, uh, the casual newcomer, Imran, is deciding the, the album's fates. <laughs> <laughs> so, Imran, oh, I can confirm really? that with a total score of six to four, the grand point goes to, and winner of this battle... Is Avenged Sevenfold Hail to the King? Oh. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised with that too, actually. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, not that I was fully expecting to go Slipknot way, but I wasn't expecting to, yeah, I had no expectations as I was going into this. So I was just surprised regardless. I feel like we're going to get some abuse for this because Hail to the King is considered that, you know, band rip, the ripoff album of many of these bands. So it's like, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. We're going to be we're going to be sought after here for praising Hell of the King, but no, do you know what? There are some hidden gems off this thing, and I. Oh, without know, question. It was better than oh, I expected. Yeah. I thought it would be a bad album, but it it really isn't that bad. It's just, it's a bit too on the nose for some, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like after listening to Hell of the King, and after you telling me that there are heaviest uh, Avenged Sevenfold albums, makes me want to go out and listen to more Avenged Sevenfold. So. Not only are they I'm, heavy, I'm but there's intrigued. also just this dialectic chaos about them when you listen to albums like City of Evil and The Stage. I still hold the opinion The Stage is their best album, hands down, uh, just by based on their, the, the progressive nature that they took. But no, do you know what? Hail to the King. Um, I reckon it's a take it or leave it album, but you shouldn't sleep on it. You sh- it should be at least given a shot. It definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed Good it. Question. With, with its flaws, I enjoyed it. It was a it was a solid yeah. album. It was a fun album even, to go through. Yeah, even Slipknot as well. I I enjoyed that album. There were some good tracks on there. There's good tracks, but I think uh, Imran and I have suffered from the casual syndrome of where a few of the t- a few of the exceptionally intense tracks did blur into one. But I think with more listening, maybe it will become a lot more unique to myself and Imran. But uh, hey, um, it was it was interesting to explore. Uh, Connor, thank you for suggesting this battle to us. Always happy to suggest more. No worries. Um, if you want to do a uh, final plug for Player One, if you like, because um, Player One is definitely one of our uh, most popular flagship shows over at Sin. Yeah. Talk all things Hell gaming. Yeah. And hey, the gaming and metal community, we are tightly knit. We're hand we, in we hand. We are one. We are one. We are one and the same. Um, yeah, go check us out um, on the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, at player one sin go listen to the show every monday night from 8 till 10 p.m 
And on top of that, uh, go check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Omni, and then go check out the Sin website, sin.org.au. Go find the Player One banner. We have like a ton of reviews up on there, some ping articles, some fun stuff. So go check that out immediately. After you listen to this, go onto the Sin website, check out Player One, go find Player One on the podcast realm, and then go find Player One on the social media realm. And when you, you go find player one first. on these social medias, be sure to vote in their gaming grudge matches every week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, final question, Connor, just before we let you go. Uh, your top three favorite tracks on both albums. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I'll start with Hail to the King. Um, Hail to the King, straight up. Best, best song in the album. Uh, <laughs> Doing Time is up there. And then Heretic. Imran? Oh, sorry, sorry, Slipknot, Connor? And Slipknot, number one, Devil and I. Um, Number two, Skeptic. And number three, ooh, ooh. I'm going to go with... uh, Actually, this is a tough one. This is actually tougher than I thought. Um, You know what, I'll go go Sarcatastrophe. Sarcatastrophe. Imran, same with you. Same final question. Um, hmm. Okay. Off Slipknot, AOV. Um, Sarcastrophe, I'd have to say as well. And uh, The Devil in I. And off of uh, Hail to the King. Hail to the King, obviously. Um, Requiem. And probably uh, Heretic as well. Imran and Connor, thanks for joining. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Avenge Sevenfold's Hail to the King wins the day via the band's newest listener. Ah, you love to see it. Despite some pleasant surprises, and welcome ones at that, despite some tracks that will eventually grow on you, I still maintain that Hail to the King isn't exactly Avenge's best, and it does possess some flaws too big to ignore, but as you just heard, there are hidden gems to find. Where a Slipknot, for me requires homework to be done. Time to dive deeper into their discography. But you know what? In retrospect, I do feel Kill Pop got downplayed a little. All in all, a big thanks to Connor for pitching this battle to us and taking the time to come on the show and pick them apart with us. Be sure to check out Player One, Monday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. on Sin 90.7 FM, DAB Digital Radio, and online from your favourite device at syn.org.au. Be also to check out uh, and stay up to date to our show, The Great Metal Standoff, over at facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod. That is facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod, where you can tell us who you'd have picked between Avenged Sevenfold's Hail to the King and Slipknot's Point Five: The Great Chapter. Or, if you like, you can suggest the battle for us to do in the future. Until then... That's all for now. Till next time, metal up your ass!